Thank you, everyone. Wow. Erica, thank you for setting me up. This is my title. <laughs> so, are you ready? You got your seatbelts fastened, we're going higher. There may be a bit of turbulence, but the kingdom assignment is waiting for us. And so, thank you, Father. Thank you that you've got us on the great adventure of life with Jesus, with you. And we thank you, Lord, that you will start revealing and speaking to our heart as, as I just release this word over us um, for those in this room and those watching online, that you will show us the adventure that you have for us. Amen. You know, Jesus created us to be fully alive in him. That was his purpose for us, that we would know him. Just like Adam and Eve, before the fall, they communed and walked with God. And there's a war in us right now for that identity and that calling to continue in our life. And, you know, Jesus is the door to abundant life. And when I was a teenager, I came across this verse in John 10. And verse 7, it says, Truly I say to you, this is Jesus. He's making reference to the landscape. There were sheep. He says, I am the door to the sheep. All who come before me are the thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they would have life and have it abundantly. You see, the enemy of our souls wants to steal because he, he takes us on a journey where we bypass going through the door of Jesus. And Jesus says here, if you'll come through the door I have for you, you will find pasture and you will be safe from the enemy who wants to come and steal. And I remember me reading that as a teenager and I was like, Lord, your word says that you've come to give me life abundantly, but why don't I see it and why don't I feel it? And I began to realize over a journey, it's because the enemy was stealing from me the promises of God and stealing my identity in him. He was making me believe a whole bunch of lies about myself, about others, and loading shame and fear and anxiety on me. How many of us know that this is the war that we're in? It's, it's a, a war in the spirit where the enemy of our souls wants to take us, but even more so, Jesus has called us to be something different that is beyond our natural ability. And I, like you, have to choose daily, am I going to walk through the door of Jesus to my life? Am I going to commit all my choices to him? Am I going to give over the sins and the passions of the flesh, the yearnings for for significance and fame and money? And am I just going to lay it down and just say, Jesus, you're the one that wants to give me true riches and true abundant life. And when we choose on a daily basis to lay down our lives for him, 
We're saying, I am coming into your choices for my life. You have got the greatest adventure for me. He wants to take us on an adventure that is going to blow the socks off your life. Do you know that? Where there's going to be so much joy. And last week, Kyle, our visiting speaker, was talking about having fun and joyfully giving your life away. That sounds a bit of an oxymoron, doesn't it? Giving your life away to Jesus so that you go on the great adventure that he has for you. And it's that kingdom adventure that Erica was talking about that God is doing this year. So we're all hearing from him, right? And Jesus said, if you abide in me, John 15, you'll bear much fruit. There's a fruitfulness that he wants to bring into your life where you've seen devastation or failed crops. I mean, I've tried to grow a few tomatoes here in the summer and bless them. They need a lot of help. It's like, you know, unless you are diligent, you won't get good fruit. If you go out of town and you, you come back to them and they're dead and they haven't been watered, there's no fruit. Jesus says, if you abide in me, there will be a fruitfulness that comes from you. And I want to talk about four keys this today of how you can be fruitful and how you can live an adventure with God. When God spoke to the ancient Israelites in Deuteronomy through the law, there was a condition. He says, if you obey the commandments of the Lord and love the, the Lord and walk in his ways, you, will, you shall live and multiply. Choose life, he says. And he says, and I will bless you in the land that you're entering to possess. You know, God's plan for you is that you choose his life and his adventure because he wants to multiply you in the land. He wants those tomatoes to keep on growing and growing and reseeding. He has called you to be a fruitful person. But the opposite is true, that we will not be blessed if we choose an alternative life. And so we have a choice to go through Jesus the door, where we will be multiplied, where God will bless us. Doesn't mean we will be afraid, not be afraid or fearful at times. You know, I equate it to something like this. You know, we love downhill skiing. Any takers in the room? Yes. I know, I was thinking, it's February. That powder snow in Utah is just going to be wonderful right now. Isn't that amazing? You know, people are thinking about going to a beach, and I was thinking the other day, gosh, that ski hill's waiting for me. Uh, but there's something about skiing that talks to me about just letting go and, and going with courage. You get to one of the top of those blue slopes, and for the, those that are even braver, the black slopes, they're the, you know, and you look down and it literally looks like a cliff drop. And you've got to, you're like, okay, I've got to go. I've got to go. 
oh, I'm off, you know, and it's, it's like a squeal as you leave. Just like the roller coasters, you, you just know you've just got to hang on and just go. And, and for some of us, it's like we're on the edge of the precipice and God's saying, okay, I'm with you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to multiply you. But you have to take that first step. And you jump off and you have the thrill of your life. You get down at the bottom and you go, woohoo! And that's the adventure of life that God wants to take you. That there's going to be challenges. You're going to, as Kyle said last week, it's like just because it sounds, looks scary, feels scary, it doesn't mean it's not God's will for you. Let that adventure begin. God wants you to go on that adventure through all areas of your life. Can we just put up the wheel, please? So this is a holistic tool that's used in HR that someone shared with us recently. And there are different areas of our life that have to be in balance. It's like a wheel, and we can rate ourselves one to ten. And what happens is if we're uneven, like we're, we're off the chain on one area, but we're not resting enough, it's like a wheel that doesn't turn very well. But I think there's something missing from there. There's, there's an aspect of our life of service that is not being shown on that wheel. Because I actually think we're actually healthy. We're healthier when we're giving our lives for something greater than ourselves. All this self-improvement is good to a degree. But the kingdom thing is that if you give your life away, you'll find it in him. And so where on that wheel is place for each of us to say, how much time am I giving to another person beyond my own family, beyond my own job, beyond my own circumstance? Am I giving an hour a week for two of my work colleagues that want to know more about Jesus? Where they're following, I'm following Jesus and I'm opening up the word and I'm taking on a role of being a discipler for these two people. How many of you are saying, I'm willing to get off my proverbial, proverbial. I, I thought I better be careful what I'm saying here, I'm online, and how many of us are, are just giving a couple of hours, maybe just to, to get out and, and serve with Justin and Kelly? How many of you are offering your gifts and talents? You know, some of you are so strategic at building courses. What if those courses changed the life tra trajectory of families in this, in this region? Because you were willing to partner and give of yourself willingly. You see, it's amazing what God can do when we say yes to him. But service and laying your life down beyond your own circumstances, I think, is part of being healthy in the kingdom. And so God is thrusting us out. It's not about Sunday mornings alone, is it? We gather and celebrate Jesus together. But our ministry is when we leave this room, when we leave this door, when we, when we go and meet people and, and bring the love of Jesus to others. And sometimes it requires a sacrifice of our time, you know, where we're willing to give up some of our rest and willing to give up some of our me time or our Netflix time to actually say, Jesus, I'm willing to go and minister 
to someone. I'm willing to, to give what it takes. And I, I want to... I want to share a little bit about the life of Simon Peter when he was called by Jesus. He was an ordinary man. He was a Jewish man, but really quite rough and ready. He was a fisherman. And Jesus changed the course of his life and took him on the greatest adventure of his life. Can we just roll this clip from The Chosen, please? Put that down for a catch. A little farther out. Uh, I don't have a quarrel with you, teacher. But we've been doing this all night. Nothing. All right. That's your word. brother and the baptizer <laughs> you are the lamb of god yes i am depart from me i am a sinful man you don't know who i am and the things i've done don't be afraid simon i'm sorry we, we've waited for you for so long we believe but my faith how sorry Lift up your head, fisherman. <laughs> what do you want from me? Anything you ask, I will do. 
follow me. I will. Wow, so powerful, hey? I love the humanity of Jesus in the Chosen series. I love the joy. All the disciples are just screaming with joy because they're that calling to follow me. And he goes on later to say, and I will make you fishers of men. What you've known in your life has been fishing but I'm going to turn it around and you're going to be fishers of men. And there was so much joy, but so much revelation and supernatural provision for um, Simon, who had his name changed to Peter. Because Jesus says, you will be Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And, you know, Jesus speaks with such authority but provision and a miraculous encounter that, that um, Simon, then, Simon Peter was able to say, Lord, what do I do? I'll do anything for you. I am willing to give up my life for something bigger than myself. And the kingdom of heaven is bigger than ourselves, church family. Jesus wants to take you on an adventure on a cause where you have a cause that says, I am willing to do whatever it takes for Jesus. And we know that Peter went on. He was a man who made so many mistakes with his personality. He was impetuous. He spoke out of turn. But Jesus didn't reject him. He corrected him lovingly. And then he went on to experience the most incredible um, miracles and you know he was part of the transfiguration he denied Jesus but you know Jesus saw the call on his life and he reminds me of myself that's the thing everything that he could do wrong he had done wrong but Jesus just lovingly corrected him and and called him back to what he was called to be and I think that's the thing, isn't it? An adventure is one that sometimes the road can take a few little side ends and we, we end up down a wrong lane and we have to turn around again. But then Jesus takes us back to what he's calling us to do because he's so loving and he's so kind and he sees the end of our story. And so some of us, we don't always see. You know, when you're skiing, you don't actually know sometimes what's ahead of you. You just have to keep going down the, the mountain with the technique that you've learned and you've trained to do. And if you have a spill, you know how to pick yourself up and go again. And, and I think that's the thing. He gave his life for a bigger cause. He became a follower, a disciple of Jesus and that's where you and I are today. We've got a chance that, you know, even when we make mistakes, even when we say the most appropriate things, we can make our life count in the kingdom. Peter was like many of the apostles that walked with Jesus. He gave his life as a martyr. Ultimately, he sacrificed his end because he knew what was ahead of him. But he was the one that was sent to the Gentiles after Pentecost 
I mean, he just changed, was part of changing the course of the world and bringing the gospel to you and I, actually. And I'm so grateful that he laid his life down for generations that you would never see. And that's our opportunity today. And Jesus is saying this year, let's go on that adventure together. And there are four keys that I want to share with you. And I've kept it to four, kept, and they begin with P so that you can remember. The first one is presence. And Psalm 139 says, where can I go from your spirit? Where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the utmost part of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand will hold me. That's the promise that whatever we do, wherever we go, if we end up taking the wrong road, the presence of God is there. If we're up on the mountaintop, if we're down in the valley of despair and death and suffering, there God is with us. His right hand is leading us. That's the assurance that we are with him. He never leaves us or forsakes us. And if we live in the knowledge that his presence is with us and we can turn to him, we can hear his voice, we can know his voice, we can worship him in that place of presence, his prayer and there's praise and there's devotion to him, just centering our life in the knowledge that he's with us in everything that we do. And Revelation, it says in chapter 3, verse 20, this is Jesus, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him. And that is amazing. And he with me. You see, God is not just looking for you to have access to his presence. He's actually looking for fellowship, for communion, for sitting down and eating food. When we dine with one another, we open our hearts to one another, don't we? You see, there's, there's an opening of a heart. There's a friendship that comes when we sit with Jesus. and We open, we open up our, our hearts to him. And when Moses was leading the ancient Israelites through the desert, when they were wandering around, he gave them the fire, the pillar of fire by night and the cloud by day to shelter them. And when they saw the pillar and the fire, they knew they were, in, they were going the right direction and they would follow that. There's something about you and I recognizing the presence of God and knowing the peace of, of God on our lives to know when to step forward, to know when to hold back, to know when to really jump over the edge of that mountain and come down at full flight. He, know, he knows our times and, and he's, he's looking for that opportunity in each of us where we would begin to recognize that. That as Moses said, unless your spirit, unless your presence doesn't come with me, I will not go from here. You know, gone are the days where we do things in our self-effort. 
we say, Holy Spirit, is your presence leading me this way? Then I'm going to go, even if I feel a little bit of fear and anxiety and butterflies in my stomach. You know, when I married my husband, I didn't realize I was actually in for quite the adventure. And, you know, men, men love adventure. And men, if you are not having an adventure with God, I just want to challenge you. Your wives are looking for you to be that man of God and that man of adventure. And if you're stuck, let's get some ministry to your heart to find out where the trauma was that has stopped you from stepping forward. You know, we're in a, a, a time and, and a culture where men don't quite know what men are meant to be. You know, that's why we have a, a ministry and a retreat called Courageous Men. Because men need an adventure. And, you know, Duncan has done some crazy things for Jesus. And he continues to do crazy things for Jesus because he's not ashamed of the one that he carries, is he? He's not ashamed of him. But we went on a crazy mission trip a few years ago. We were pioneering um, leader schools around the world for one week where we would take leaders into some of our wonderful values, the presence of God, the Father, and empowering them with the Holy Spirit so that they would be on fire revival wherever they lived in their little communities. And, you know, the scripture says about taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. The ends of the earth for us is further than Australia. We got on a plane and did about a three, four hour flight to Papua New Guinea. Have you heard of Papua New Guinea? Where people still live in trees, treetops, on unreached tribal groups. And then we took another flight, about an hour, to another island called Bougainville. It sounds like a flower, does it? And it's got the most amazing tropical flowers on this island. But there were people there that had lived through civil war, 12 years of war. And so the, the, the economy and the nation was devastated. But Jesus was there. And we followed him. And we went and um, we checked into the best hotel on the island. Yeah, when you go on mission trips, beware when they tell you that you're checking into the best hotel. You usually pay Western prices. We were paying about $250 for a night in a slummy hotel, basically, because it had been the infrastructure had been worn down with the wall. They couldn't get supplies to this island. And we checked into our room, and I thought, hmm, okay. Thank you for your grace, Jesus, for this week. And we had a fly screen. We've stayed in a few places where there are holes in the fly screen nets. There's no air conditioning. Forget that. Forget that bit. We're just, you know, we're just so blessed here in North Carolina. And so not only could you perhaps get bitten, we, you know, we had to have mosquito nets and things like that. We realized that there was a little bit of creature evidence going on in the room. And it was the, the night, the last, second to last night, we're about to get into bed and we see Mr. Rat run across the room. 
massive. And then I realized, oh my goodness, there's a hole in the window netting. And I think this rat has been running around my belongings all week. Okay, what am I going to do? Apart from squirming my flesh, because that was the truth. And so that night, I was like, Duncan, you've got to kill that rat. You're going to get it out for me. You're going to protect me because that thing's going to run all over my face in the night. You know how it is. You're running around. And I didn't get much sleep for those last two nights. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. I didn't see that rat on day one. I would have been out of there. Come on, how many of you are like me? Ah. But I, it was the most amazing experience, apart from the rat story. <laughs> we actually got on a boat and paddled to an island to go to this church and this community where, you know, they would kill the chickens and feed them to us at lunchtime and things like that. It was just, it was outstanding. But there was something there that I learned. It was like, you know, giving over the comfort, the right to comfort, the expectation that we should have it a certain way. And there was something about that mission trip and many others that I've taken to Mozambique where the Holy Spirit reorientates my heart to what is really important in life. It's not how cozy I live my life. It's like, is my life making a difference? Am I making my life count? Am I giving my life for something bigger than my own circumstances? Am I actually using my finances and sowing them into people that can never pay me back? Am I sowing my time into people that can never pay me back? Because God has given us so much that we're eternally grateful. You see, he's looking for your Number two, he's looking for your partnership. He can't go alone without you. He's sovereign. He's all over the place. His glory covers the earth. But the knowledge of his glory is not covering the earth right now. That's why he needs you and I. So that we are the, the tellers of the story of good news, the gospel of the kingdom as Erica said, not just the gospel of salvation, the gospel of the kingdom that comes not only with words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Just like Jesus demonstrated to Peter and Andrew and those other people there, the other disciples. You know, where are you partnering with God? You see, you've been crucified with Christ says in Galatians 2, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He already loved me and gave himself. And he's saying, okay, partnership. Now it's time for you to love your life and give it away to somebody else. And Philippians, Philippians 1, 21, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. You know, Peter ultimately gave his life. That was gain for him. But it says, if I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. 
You see, we only get one life on this earth. Do you want to be fruitful? Grow some really great tomatoes? Do you want to be fruitful in the sense that you're able to multiply who you are? The life of Christ in you being given to others so that others can be followers of Jesus. Make our life count, Lord. Make our time on this earth. Make my time in my workplace count. Make my life with my children as they're growing count. Amen. Make my life living in Raleigh or Durham or the, this whole region. Make it count for my neighborhood. Make it count in my HOA. We made a joke that, you know, sometimes that means laying your life down and serving. And serving people that want to bring a lot of rules sometimes. <laughs> Side note, that's why we moved to the country. No HOA. <laughs> but there's a reality, isn't it? You know, sometimes our neighbors are like the hardest people to love. We've got nothing in common with them. And, you know, when we came to the South, I'm like, wow, everyone's so Southern. I don't, I don't even know how to be Southern. I'm trying, but I've got no clue. But Jesus has taken us on a partnership journey where we can love all the people that God puts under our noses. And, you know, this whole region has changed demographically. People are coming from all over the nations and all over the nation of the world. But you see, he's looking for your partnership as the second key. The third key is that he's actually very happy to use your personality. You know, some of us are like Duncan and Kyle from last week, that all they want to do, take me to the most dangerous place or the most unreached group, and I'll be happy. And some of you are like, oh, please don't, Lord, don't call me there, ever. But I always say, never say never to God. Because the thing is about Jesus, when we go with a partnership with him, when he puts his spirit in us, he also puts his desires in us. He changes our thinking and our perspective of what we think we could even achieve. Because he's got all knowledge, wisdom and revelation, and we can actually do things that will completely surprise us. And as we step forward in partnership, he, we look around and we think, well, who was that? You ever had those moments where the Holy Spirit just speaks through you or he gives you a solution to a problem for your company or even just like, Lord, how are we going to make our bills meet? How are we going to meet all the needs this week? And somehow God breaks in and, you know, he wants to use your personality. So some of you are outgoing, adventurous, in the natural, but some of you are silent and strong. And, you know, some of you, like, your heart just is full of mercy and compassion, and you weep with those that weep. You want to serve those less fortunate than yourselves, those who have less and then others are called to be in boardrooms where the Holy Spirit gives you wisdom for a, a, a company idea that makes your founder wealthy. And you're saying, Lord, thank you for your idea. And actually saying, well, yes, it was my idea. 
but you will take care of me. You will see fit that you will repay everything I've given to bless the company. You know, because God is looking for partners all over this region, all over this nation and the, world, and the nations of the world. And he's looking for you to step forward and saying, I'm going to be the kingdom solution in my neighborhood, in my workplace, in my family. How are you wired? See, comparison is one of those times where we're not looking through, going through the door of Jesus, the door. We're, we're open to the lies of the enemy. I can't do it because I don't speak as well. I don't look as good. I'm, I'm the wrong age. I'm the wrong social economic profile. I'm the wrong race, the wrong nationality. You know, how many of us are comparing ourselves? I can't do it. But what do you have to give? You know, the little boy who gave his lunch to Jesus, that's all he had to give. But actually it went on to just feed so many people because God wants to take the little that you have and the little that you offer and actually multiply it to you and to others. So he's going to use your personality. You see, Psalm 139 says, you know all the days. You saw me when I was formed in my mother's womb, verse 15, when I was made. Your eyes saw my unformed body. You knew, and all the, the days written for me were in your book before any of them came to be. Do you know that your life has a book? And some of us have kind of got stuck halfway through the book. But God's saying, I'm going to finish the book. I'm going to finish your, your journey. The adventures with me, the adventures with God are in each chapter. And like every day is almost like a new page. Lord, today, show me where the door is. Take me through and show me what my adventure with you is today. You see, he's looking for that. Of where you just say, it's all about my partnership. It's all about my personality. And the fourth key is, it's all about our passion. You know, whatever you do, Colossians 3 says, work heartily as for the Lord and not for man. If you do everything to please Jesus, your Savior, you will live the most adventurous life. Knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Whatever you do, whether you're sweeping up, whether you're cleaning up the trash around somebody's home, whether you're taking care of your kids and changing diapers, whatever you do, do it for Jesus because he will reward you. When you bring an idea to your company, do it for Jesus, even if it makes your business owner very wealthy. Do it for Jesus, because he is your inheritance and he is your reward. Romans 4 says, whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. So we do everything by faith. Because he loves our faith. Jesus gets so excited by our faith. 
He really does. He's like, oh, that's my boy. That's my girl. Look at them. Do it with all your heart. Do it in faith. And do it as though you are working for Jesus in the kingdom. And if you keep your eyes on those keys, your life will be a crazy adventure this year. Why don't we stand? Jesus, I thank you for every person in this room. Thank you that you are calling us out, that we can celebrate you together when we're here, giving our life in worship. But then as we leave this place, you are taking us on our great adventure in your kingdom. Thank you for every life, every family, every home. I thank you, Jesus, that you are the one that wants to give us life abundantly. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would just show us where we have not entered through the door of Jesus. And we've tried to do it on our own. You know, if you've tried to do things, make things happen in your own strength, that has been motivated by fear and not faith. Let's just ask the Lord to forgive us today because he wants to bring us in to good pasture where the enemy doesn't steal, kill, and destroy the work of our hands. So Jesus, we come to you right now as your sons and daughters, partnering with you in your presence with passion and with all of our personalities that you have given us. Forgive us where we've tried to do life on our own, where we've shut you out, and where we've believed the lies of the enemy to bring us shame and fear. We ask right now that you would be the one that brings life into our adventure. You are the bringer of life. And as we step through that door, would you show us how we can lay down our life and lose our life in you so that we find it in your kingdom. Thank you that your kingdom is everlasting. Your kingdom is eternal. I ask Holy Spirit that you would begin to download the kingdom adventures that you are thrusting us out into this week. That you would keep us close to you so that we would hear your voice. Say, this is the way, walk in it. And that we would be known as a community that loves Jesus with all our heart and would be willing to joyfully give our life to others. And to you. So creating us a, a heart that continually says yes. And show us where we need to step out. Where we can not only be a follower of Jesus, but show others how to be a follower of Jesus. And for some of you, that might be just taking somebody for a coffee. And telling them all the good things that Jesus has done and how he set you free, 
how he healed your body. And I just see that people are waiting to, to hear the good news from you this week. So why don't we ask the Holy Spirit to anoint our week? And just a reminder, last week Kyle was saying that we would put our work boots on this week. That we would carry the gospel of peace, the gospel of the kingdom. Holy Spirit, maybe you could just take the hand of the person next to you or the shoulder and just say, Holy Spirit, anoint my friend now with your anointing that they would carry who you are, Jesus, to their family, their workplace, their coffee shop, their HOA. And even their children, Lord. And we call forth the lost sons and daughters. That children would come home. Children would come home. Those that are feeling despair and hopelessness. That you would use us to speak words of life. Where there's been fear and depression, Lord. Even in this last season. That you would use us to be the bringers of comfort and joy that you would send us, Lord. You know, to some of our work colleagues where all they can do is cuss, that you would give us words of knowledge for their situation. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Take us on that life adventure with you this week, Father. Thank you, Jesus.